Hey, what's up, everybody? You're listening to the Enterprise Architecture Radio. If you're thinking about organizational complexity and agility, if you're concerned about operational efficiencies and thinking of taking it to the next level, if managing innovation is one of your priorities, you've come to the right place. On this podcast, we talk about all of that and more. It's a jungle out there, and we'll attempt to navigate this jungle of frameworks, methods, and most importantly, enterprise architecture in practice. I want to start today's podcast by talking about how to study for the Open Group Architecture Framework exam, the TOGAF 10 exam. Now, I've come to realize that there are some people out there who are not completely aware of how to study and think that a training is their only course of action. And while that's a very good course of action, it's a good idea to go through a training because a trainer can properly tell you how to study for the exam and what TOGAF is and what enterprise architecture is, especially if you're doing the TOGAF framework for the first time. That's not your only course of action. The Open Group Architecture Framework provides you with a sufficient amount of information and and knowledge to help you study for the exam by yourself. I gave my first TOGAF exam by myself. In fact, I've given all my TOGAF exams by myself. But more importantly, the first one, I studied for TOGAF 8.1.1 myself and gave the exam and cleared it. And then I upgraded it to 9 and then 9.1 and 9.2 and now 10. So how do you study for the TOGAF exam? Uh, While there is a tremendous amount of detail there, but today I'm going to only talk about the study material. If you go to the Open Group website, and if you, you'll have to log in to the website first. So on the top right-hand side, you'll find a link where you can log in to the website. And then, uh, well, it asks you for a user ID and password. If you don't have one, you will have to create one. And then you go to the right-hand side, again, top, you'll find a link called library, within which there's another link called TOGAF library. If you go there, you will find various links. Click on the TOGAF standard and the and then the TOGAF standard 10th edition if you click on it. Sometimes it asks you to log in again. So, you know, click on login to download. And then if you do that, it'll take you back to the homepage of the TOGAF library where on the left-hand side, you will find visit the TOGAF library and then TOGAF standard again, right? The second link usually is the TOGAF standard 10th edition. It keeps changing. Now, I am a silver partner of TOGAF, so I have the downloads available as well, but you can click on view HTML edition and add to download. And then if you go to download, you'll find a link to the the TOGAF library or basically the TOGAF book of knowledge. It takes a little time to load and then there you go. You've got introduction and code and on the left-hand side, you'll find all the menu items and on the right-hand side, you'll find a book. Now, the the book is not the only thing that you need to study for TOGAF 10. Uh, That has changed a little bit. So go back to the TOGAF library and the third link, you will find the series guides right? Some of these series guides are available for download in PDF format for everybody. They're publicly available. You don't have to be a silver partner for it. Others, they're not available for download, but you can always read the HTML edition. You don't really need a PDF version 
to study it. Now, I understand that PDF is convenient, especially if you want to study offline when there is no internet. But what are the chances that you don't have an internet connection anywhere in the world these days? I mean, very few. If you're studying Photograph Framework, there's a very high chance that you have internet available for you at all times. So that is the TOGAF framework and how to study for it. Now, today's topic, let's talk about it. Leadership conflict and corporate games. That's the topic of the day. Uh, it's an interesting topic. We've done a few topics on corporate politics and about personal goals and organizational goals and all of that. I wanted to cover this today because if you're an enterprise architect or if you're in a leadership position where you're going to use your enterprise architecture knowledge to get the job done, there's a very high chance that you're going to face stakeholder conflicts, right? You'll have multiple stakeholders. Each stakeholder will have what they need. They'll tell you what they need, what their requirements are. And, and these requirements may or may not align. You, you might have different requirements and, and you might have to meet all these requirements of all these stakeholders, and it becomes sometimes very important for you to meet these re conflicting requirements to make the enterprise architecture project or whatever project that you're working on successful. And conflict resolution is a leadership topic that everybody needs to understand well. It, in fact, it is one of the things that will make you a good or a bad leader. Now, what are conflicts? If you think about it, conflicts are when Multiple people are trying to use a limited set of resources to achieve their objectives, their career objectives, their personal objectives, whatever. Very much sounds like a game, doesn't it? I mean, what is a game after all? There's a dictionary definition of game. A game is an activity or a sport usually involving some kind of skill or knowledge or a chance in which you follow fixed rules and try to win against an opponent to solve a puzzle. Usually there are resources, there are limited resources, uh, and then multiple people, you know, fight to meet, uh, to, to use these resources to basically win according to the rules of the game. Now, take football, for example. In football, you have 90 minutes. The resource here is 90 minutes. And the objective is to make as many goals as you can, and the team that makes the maximum number of goals wins. Take chess, for example. Again, you know, there is an opponent and you're playing according to the rules and the objective is to win. Now, there are finite games and infinite games. And Simon Sinek has written a book on this and uh, he defines finite and infinite games. Uh, so the games that we know, the games like chess and football and so on, are really finite games because there are a limited set of rules and there are a, and everyone is supposed to play by the rules and there is a common objective that everybody is aware of. And, and finite games usually have a beginning, a middle and an end and they have opponents and sometimes you might have you know teams but you are aware of who are the people who are playing the game, who is with you, who is against you you know and it, there's a very clear demarcation of that and your opponents are trying to defeat you in the game and you are trying to defeat the opponent in the game and, and, and that's how it goes. But then there are infinite games, right? Simon Sinek says that infinite games are those games where the rules are not defined. You don't know what the rules are, and the rules keep changing from time to time. The players are not defined. Some of the players who you might be playing with at this point in time who might buy your allies or teammates might suddenly turn into your opponents. There is no beginning, there is no end. These games are infinite in their nature. They continuously keep on going. And the objectives also keep on changing. You know, you don't know what you're trying to do. Today you might be in one 
you are into one objective you you might have a, a goal and then the goal might shift you know tomorrow you might have a different goal and that is what an infinite game is and businesses are usually in the infinite game because most of the businesses that we know today we are not there i don't know 20 years ago or 50 years ago or 100 years ago they were different businesses they were different organizations and some of these organizations died out and new organizations were formed and and the players kept on changing the objectives also kept on changing if you think about it right you know and one business might switch its objectives from being a pharmaceutical company to becoming a i don't know some technology company or what have you you know there are so many examples out there that have done that so finite and infinite games but what we will talk about today are finite games right because infinite games are good as far as businesses are concerned and a long term view is concerned and and in the infinite game you, the objective of of the players is not to win but rather to survive to sustain as long as possible to you know continue to survive for a long period of time and whoever survives the most essentially there is no end winner or loser you know but is winning right the longer you survive the longer you uh, you win but we don't encounter infinite games on a day to day basis i mean sometimes we do and i that's a very different topic that i would like to talk about in one of my future episodes but we also encounter finite games right we also encounter competition we also encounter situations where uh, the resources are few and you know only one out of the two becomes the ultimate winner right so for finite games there's something called a, a game theory game theory essentially means it's, it's a branch uh, of applied mathematics that studies how rational agents make strategic decisions essentially it is theory about how to win a game and one of the classic examples of game theory is and a very simple one for that matter is the prisoner's dilemma let's assume that there are two prisoners who get caught i don't know doing a burglary for example they were basically robbing a house together and they get caught now both the prisoners are kept in two different rooms there is evidence but probably not sufficient evidence so if one of them defects on the other or one of them let's say you and i are playing the game right and you rat on me then you go free right and i get i don't know some jail time so there is a matrix in which there are these multiple situations if both of us don't rat out on each other if both of us are silent then there is some evidence that we were there at the at the scene and because we don't have sufficient evidence or we are not 100% sure there will be less of a jail time so we'll both get one year of jail time this is a completely hypothetical situation and i am not a legal expert so you know try to understand what i'm trying to say so both of us you and i we remain silent and so both of us get one year of jail time but if i rat out on you i go free and you get 5 years if you rat out on me you go free and i get 5 years of jail time and if if both of us rat out on each other then both of us serve 2 years of jail time now think about it if i don't rat out on you if i stay silent there are two things that can happen either you stay silent too or you rat out on me so my decision needs to be based on what is the decision that you are going to take and what is the probability that you will stay silent because whether or not you stay silent i am benefited if i rat out on you let's say i rat out on you and you rat out on me we both get only 2 years of jail time but if i rat out on you and you stay silent i go free so there is a benefit 
in speaking rather than staying silent. Now, this is game theory. You know, this is a mathematical study of how you would take decisions based on your opponent's decisions. There's a tremendous amount of study that has been done. There is another game theory like this. This is called the prisoner's dilemma. There's another one. It's called iterative elimination of strictly dominated strategies. It's a different kind of strategy. Here we have a two by two matrix. There we have a three by three matrix. And, and it's a lot more complex for me to explain it to you on this podcast. But my point is, it's a very interesting field. And studying game theory is, is something that you should do as a interest. It's very interesting for me. And I, I've read a number of books on it. And, um, and, and in fact, the movie, uh, A Beautiful Mind, uh, the protagonist of that movie is John Nash. And John Nash was the one who's done tremendous amount of work in this area, game theory. Something that you should look out for. Anyways, so there are these games that we play within uh, the corporates. And um, and there will come a time when, you know, there will be conflict. Multiple stakeholders will require different things. And, and you might have to resolve these conflicts as a part of your job. So what do you do? So TOGAF does a very interesting thing here. Uh, TOGAF 10 specifically has come up with a new concept called architecture alternatives method, where on the top, it has vision, principles and requirements. So we try to understand what the vision is of the organization because conflicts arise because of personal reasons, right? We have conflicts because different stakeholders want different things. But if you think about it, all these stakeholders are, par are a part of a larger organization themselves. Right? So if we have an organizational vision, some way or the other, the requirements of these stakeholders has to align with that vision. Right, So we keep vision as the top priority. And then we've got principles. The vision says what to do. And the principle says how to do it. Right, What are the things that we'll keep in mind when we will try to meet that vision? And then you have requirements, which are a little bit more specific. So we take all of these into account. And then based on that, we come up with alternative architectures that meet the requirements of the alternative stakeholders, right? We have criteria, which basically meet the requirements and we have alternatives. And then we sit together with our stakeholders and we talk to them about the vision, principles and requirements about the criteria that they have and how each alternative meets the requirements and try to come up with a resolution where either we select an alternative, you know, and everybody agrees to it, or we take aspects of each alternative and build a third or a fourth alternative that meets some of the criteria of all the stakeholders, right? And then they agree that this is fine, you know? So that's one way of doing conflict resolution that TOGAF recommends. Now, Harvard also has something called the HERE framework, okay? HERE stands for hedging, emphasizing, acknowledging, and reframing. Hedging means hedging your claims. When you say that this is what you're really looking for, uh, you are also open to hearing other alternatives. You're not specific about this is exactly what I want, but you're providing your vision that this is what I'm really looking for. And it's okay if we dilly-dally a little bit as long as these things are met, right? If you tell them you're wrong and I am right, or if you tell them this is exactly how it's going to be done, then there is the conflict doesn't get resolved. It becomes bigger. So that's called hedging your claims. You know, you're claiming, but you're hedging it. You're saying, I'm open to other possibilities as well. And then you have emphasizing your agreement. So E stands for emphasizing your agreement. Because when there are conflicts, right, when you have to disagree with somebody, 
you don't disagree with everything that the other person says right there are some aspects that you don't agree with but then there are other aspects you do that you do agree with and this is a little bit of a psychological framework from a leadership standpoint right you if you tell someone that i don't agree or if you only focus on things that you don't agree on and just skip the points that you do agree it creates a competitive environment where the other person thinks that you don't you don't care about what he thinks so you emphasize your agreement on certain topics that you do agree with with the opponent that creates a positive frame of mind the opponent also thinks that okay this person is agreeing with some of my points but there are some other points that he does not agree with right so that's called emphasizing agreement and then we have acknowledging the other side's perspective right you you tell them that i understand what you're saying i understand where you're coming from i understand your perspective right you acknowledge them which again is a exercise in creating a positive mindset and then finally you uh, uh, reframe you know you reframe to the uh, you know to the positive of finding a solution that you know works for both of you try to find a solution that has aspects again we are going back to alternative architectures what have you the alternative architecture solution that provided by togaf is a little technical in nature uh, the here framework from harvard is more a uh, a leadership and a psychological uh, framework here you are reframing to the positive by finding a solution that meets both the requirements where all the stakeholders are in the room that are discussing this are willing to agree to either let go some of the things that they were really looking for or let you have some of the things that you wanted as as your whatever is your you know requirement so that is the here framework from harvard so there are a number of ways and means by which you can resolve conflicts there are some frameworks available out there but mostly what we do is intuition you know we we've had years and years of experience in solving problems and we found stakeholders to be reasonable some of the times and unreasonable other times and we uh, sort of work our way through them to figure out how we can fix things but there are some of these frameworks available out there there's game theory there's the here framework from harvard there is the alternative architecture method provided by togaf which essentially help you and you can't really just read these and become an expert in conflict resolution it's it takes a tremendous amount of practice you need to keep practicing these different frameworks you need to keep practicing empathy when you are in negotiations um and that helps quite a bit that's all i have for you today folks i hope you enjoyed the show more about organizational agility innovation and enterprise architecture in the practical world in the business right here on the show But before I end the show, I want you to help me out with this one little thing. Pause the show and share this podcast via WhatsApp or text message with at least one person who might be interested in the show. It could be anyone, your colleague, your boss, someone in your team. That's all I ask. Just one share with one message via text or WhatsApp or any social media of your choice, and it would go a long way in supporting this podcast and growing this listener base. Also please don't forget to follow the podcast. That way you'll get notified when we publish a new episode. If you want to find out more about us, you can find us at enterprisearchitectureradio.com. If you have ideas, thoughts, disagreements, please feel free to write to me directly. Uh, we also have a Telegram group if you would like to contribute to the EA discussions or what have you. Just search for Enterprise Architecture Radio on Telegram. The URL to join the group is https://t.me/enterprisearchitectureradio. While our contact details are there in the show notes, they are very easy to find. Just search for Enterprise Architecture Radio anywhere: Twitter, 
LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, even Discord. Once again, I hope you had fun and I'll see you in the next one.